Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, and we focus on Magic Arena. This week is another solo episode, so I've got another fun deck tech video for you. You can get the full deck list totally for free over on my Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. Think about supporting the podcast and all my other endeavors, starting at $1. You'll unlock exclusive stuff if you do. If you go to the $2 range, I'll actually mail you some vintage magic cards in appreciation. No, not a Black Lotus. Or simply follow for free. So let's talk about a fun brawl deck that I've put together recently. So my favorite types of decks, whether they be brawl, historic, standard, is to often think in terms of very focused, very fun, very tribal, very on theme. If I'm going to make an elf deck, it's all elves. Even though, yeah, Craterhoof Behemoth will really help, but it's not an elf. So... For myself, I like to really craft decks that way, that they're on topic, on theme. I think that's a great way to be creative in magic to express yourself. Of course, my deck strategies could then be upgraded to possibly be more competitive, but I still try to make decks that will win, but that they're on topic, on brand. So this deck that I'm going to present to you is Vito, Thorn of the Dusk Rose Brawl Deck Tech. And it's a vampire-focused deck, a mono-black vampire-focused deck. So let's break it down. The Brawlmander of the deck is Vito, Thorn of the Dusk Rose. Three-mana, legendary creature, vampire cleric, and he's a 1-3. Whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life. So when you gain one life, your opponent loses one life. Activated ability, three, black-black. Creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn, so at a certain point you'll definitely be able to gain life with your creatures by using the activated ability, damaging them, and damaging them with the creatures attacking, and the life gain that you get. So this deck really focuses on a few things. Vampires. All of the creatures are vampires. Everything is vampire-related as best as possible. And everything is focused on life gain and life loss, a.k.a. a drain effect, named for the classic drain life. Back at the beginning of Magic, back in Alpha, one black mana, one more mana, pay X mana in black, target opponent loses life, and then you gain that much life. That card has not been printed in Standard in a long time, and it's not in Brawl. But we can get around that with very other, various other cards that relate. Okay, let's talk about the synergy with Vito. The more life you gain, the more life the opponent loses. So the way we get to that, we've got Vampire of the Dire Moon, one single black mana. It's a 1-1 with Death Touch and Lifelink. This card's amazing. It'll stop their biggest creature, really only if they have Trample or Flying. Do you have to worry about it? But even their big old 11-11 with no Trample will get stopped with this 1-1. Plus you gain one life, so that synergizes with Vito. Next up at 2 mana, Sanctum of Stonefangs. One in a black, legendary enchantment, Shrine. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of shrines you control. There's only one shrine in the deck because it's a mono black deck, so I have the black shrine here. And it's a standard build, so I can't put in the other black shrine, the Honden. But if you're doing a historic version of this deck, you can put two shrines in this deck the old shrine and the new shrine, and you get double life, and they lose the double life. Foreboding Fruit is a 3-mana sorcery that target player draws 2 cards and loses 2 life. 
Now this isn't that you can target the opponent and they lose two life and then Vito kicks in. No, it doesn't work that way. You're still going to use this on yourself. Unless you need to do the final two points of damage, that'll be pretty epic. Three mana to do the two final points of damage. They draw two cards, but whoops, they're dead. No, the main idea here is if you adamant, if you pay the adamant cost, if at least three black mana was spent to cast a spell, create a food token. So it's definitely going to be able to be adamanted. Your whole mana base is, is black mana, basically. So you'll be able to adamant it. You will get a food token. A food token is an artifact that when you pay two and sacrifice it, this gives you three life. Ooh, there we go. That synergizes with Vito. You gain three life, they lose three life. Plus, you get to draw two cards. You lose two life, but that's middling because the rest of the deck is focused on a lot of life gain. Next, at three mana, Sorin, Imperi Imperious Bloodlord. Legendary Planeswalker, Sorin, for loyalty starting off. Plus one, target creature you control gains death touch and life link until end of turn. If it's a vampire, put a plus one counter. All your creatures are vampires, so they'll all get a plus one. They will also get that life link. So when they deal their damage, you gain the life. Vito does his thing. Plus they all get death touch at that moment and maybe take out some of their creatures. Another plus one. You may sacrifice a vampire. When you do, Sorin deals three damage to any target and you gain three life. So you might have to sacrifice one of your creatures at a point, deal three damage to anything, and then you gain that life and Vito does his thing. Minus three, you may put a vampire creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. So there's a few vampires that are huge, huge casting cost, and you can get a two for one on turn three. Turn three, you've played your third land, you play Sorin, you get out your Planeswalker, and then minus three, you bring out your big vampire. You've got a blocker to defend Sorin, then you'll be able to plus one Sorin. It's amazing for three mana. Tangentially related to life gain and such, Bloodthirsty Aerialist. Three mana, two of which is black. You get a Vampire Rogue. She's 2-3 and has flying. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one counter on Bloodthirsty Aerialist. So you can gain life doing Sorin's abilities. You can gain life doing Vampire of the Dire Moon's lifelink. You can get it from your eating your food. And this vampire is going to get bigger and bigger. And of course, synergizing with, with Vito. Golden Egg at two mana. It's an artifact. When it enters a battlefield, you draw a card. Pay one, tap sacrifices, add one mana of any color. You'll never do that. Here's how it synergizes with lifelink. Pay two, tap it, sacrifice it, you gain three life. So this drew you a card at a certain point. Later on, it'll give you life, and then that will synergize with Vito. Next up, at four mana, ill-gotten inheritance. Four mana, enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, ill-gotten inheritance deals one damage to each opponent, and you gain one life. Okay, so you're going to have another way to constantly ping them for one as you're gaining one life. Pay six mana and sacrifice the inheritance. It deals four damage to target opponent and you gain four life. So this is going to be eight damage. Because think about it, it does the four damage directly to them when it gets sacrificed. You gain four life. Vito kicks in. Four more life loss. Eight damage for six mana. Revenge of Ravens. Also four mana, also an enchantment. Whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control... That creature's controller loses one life, and you gain one life. This is pretty amazing. The opponent is often going to go totally aggro at you. They're going to lose life for every creature, for every creature attacking. Um, and you're going to gain that life, and they're going to lose a life again, because Vito will do his thing. There's some pretty epic art in the card as well. This guy's totally bleeding from the face as these birds peck his eyes out. Next up, we've got the Blood Glutton. Five mana for a 4-3 with lifelink. So that'll be four damage that it does, four life that you gain, and four damage that Vito will do in addition. 
It synergizes with life gain and the other vampire strategies that we'll get to. Epicure of Blood. 5 mana, 4-4. Four, four. This is a creature vampire. Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. So with Veto and the Epicure out, the opponent is losing two life at a time whenever you gain one life. That can really add up really fast. And lastly, in the life gain strategies, for six mana, you can summon Sorin, Vampire Lord, the legendary Planeswalker. Four loyalty. Plus one. Up to one target creature gets plus two plus zero until end of turn. So make one of your little creatures into bigger creatures. Make one of your flying creatures into bigger flying creatures. Minus two. Sorin deals four damage to any target and you gain four life. So again, this is, this is eight damage for six mana. If you have Veto out, you summon Soren Vampire Lord. You minus two to deal four damage directly to the opponent. You gain four life. Vito kicks in with four more damage. That's eight damage for six mana. If you get him to the ultimate, which is a minus eight. Until end of turn, each vampire you control gains. Tap. Gain control of target creature. So you probably won't get to that very much. But you'll be able to steal your opponent's creatures and make them honorary vampires. Alright, that's the life gain stuff. That's the one of the big themes of this deck. The other big theme of the deck, of course, is vampires. So let's talk about our other vampire-centric stuff. Back at one drops. Knight of the Ebon Legion, one black mana, you get a 1-2 vampire knight. Then you pay three mana to have the Ebon Legion get plus three, plus three, and death touch until end of turn. At the beginning of your end step, if a player lost four or more life this turn, put a plus one counter. So temporarily, you can make this into a 4-5 with death touch for three mana. That'll be very hard for them to deal with. Then, if the opponent is losing life, this gets a plus one counter. This is one of the best cards in the deck. It gets really big really fast, especially if you turn it out on the battlefield as soon as possible. Jumping over to the three drops, we've got the Silver Smote Ghoul. Three mana, Zombie Vampire. It's a three one. At the beginning of your end step, if you gained three or more life this turn, return Silver Smote Ghoul from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So you could attack with it, it might trade, it dies, but then you gain some life and it comes back at the end of your turn. Or, if you've got the mana, one in a black, sacrifice the ghoul, draw a card. So this will be repeatable card draw if you gain life, because it'll come back from the battlefield to be sacrificed again. I already mentioned the Bloodthirsty Aerialist that gets bigger as you gain life, but what about its cousin, the Savage Gorger? Also for three mana, it starts off as a 1-1 one, one, and it's a flyer, but at the beginning of your end step, if your opponent lost life this turn, put a plus one counter on it. So in any way you have them lose life, you'll get a plus one counter. Pretty easy. At four mana, we get the Thirsting Bloodlord. He's a 3-3 three, three and gives other vampires plus one plus one. So even the Vampire of the Dire Moon or a little Knight of the Ebon Legion gets even bigger, even faster, and even better for your flyers. Next we've got the Vindictive Vampire, also four mana. It's a 2-3. Whenever another creature you control dies, Vindictive Vampire deals one damage to each opponent and you gain one life. So that synergizes once again with Veto, with the life gain and everything, and you get a 2-3 blocker. And lastly, the biggest of the baddest, the Haunt of the High Tower, the legendary creature vampire. It's one of the freakest vampires I've ever seen. It doesn't even look human. Anyway, 6 mana, 3-3, three, three, flying, and lifelink. Love that lifelink. This is pretty powerful. Whenever the Haunt of Hightower attacks, defending player discards a card. So you mill them simply from an attack. But wait a minute. Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one counter on the Hightower. So as soon as you attack, 
the opponent has to discard. This gets a plus one. Your opponent casts their instant, let's say to gain life. That was a card that was put into the graveyard. This gets a plus one. Let's say your opponent cracks their evolving wild to go get another land. That was a card from the battlefield to the graveyard. It gets a plus one. If any of their creatures die, this gets a plus one. Everything makes this get a plus one. As long as something goes to the graveyard, this gets a plus one, and it gets really out of hand. So much life gain, so much synergy. Let's talk about removal. My new favorite removal spell is the Heartless Act. Two mana, instant. Choose one. Destroy target creature with no counters on it, or remove up to three counters from target creature. So either you weaken a creature by removing the counters, or you just kill it outright for only two mana. For two mana plus X, destroy up to three target creatures with toughness of X or less. If X is 10 or more, return all creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So obviously this works great in the early game, this works great in the late game. Let's say your opponent has a variety of mana dorks. Well, you pay double black plus one or two, and up to three of them are destroyed, really setting them back. Let's say later on, when you're swimming in mana, you pay 10 or more, you destroy all other creatures and bring back whatever's in your graveyard for the final blow. I've also got Farika's Libation, three mana instant. I love this card. Target opponent sacrifices a creature or target opponent sacrifices an enchantment. Sometimes it's hard to deal with enchantments in black, mono black, so this Libation will help take care of it. Now it is conditional. If they've got seven enchantments, you cannot choose which enchantment will be removed. Same thing with creatures. If they've got three creatures and it's one that you really need to remove, it, they're going to pick the worst one. So this works best when they've got that one problematic creature or that one problematic enchantment. Plus it deals with the Theros gods. Theros gods are indestructible, but not resistant to sacrifice. So if they've got one enchantment creature, that's what they're going to have to pick to sacrifice. At four mana, instant eat to extinction. Exile target creature or planeswalker. Look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard. So it's vaguely like surveil, but they didn't use the keyword. So you can either leave it on top or put it in the graveyard after you pay four mana to eat something to extinction, either a troublesome creature or planeswalker. Price of fame, it's also four mana. It destroys any creature and then lets you surveil two. So you get to see the next two cards coming up, put them back as you wish, or put them into the graveyard. But better yet, it has a cost reduction. This spell costs two less to cast if it targets a legendary creature. Well, you're going to be battling an opponent in Brawl that has set up a deck commanded by a legendary creature. So this will be a two-mana kill spell most of the time, plus Surveil. Drag to the Underworld is also 4-mana instant, destroy target creature, with a cost reduction of minus X, where X is your devotion to black. So if you've got one or two black permanents on the battlefield, this can be reduced down to double black to drag them to the Underworld. And now let's move on to board wipes. It's going to be important to wipe out the board to control the battlefield when your opponent's creatures are overwhelming you. We've got a few answers. Ritual of Soot, 4 mana sorcery. Destroy all creatures with converted mana cost of 3 or less. So again, this will deal great with a token deck. Tokens have a 0 mana cost, they'll all be dead. And all those mana dorks are ritualed to Soot. Be careful, because yours as well, your smallest creatures. 
Okay, here's another one that might be a little bit more pinpoint, but you've got to be careful. Extinction event. Four mana sorcery. Choose odd or even. Exile each creature with CMC of the chosen value. And it reminds you, zero is even. And remember, tokens have a zero casting cost. So check out your own converted mana costs before picking odd or even. Let's talk about card draw. The more cards you have versus your opponent, the more good. Bad grammar aside. So we'll start with Forever Young. Two mana sorcery. It draws you a card. But first, put any number of target creatures from your graveyard on top of your library. So in the early game, when there's nothing in your graveyard, two black mana draws you a card. Or if something died, it's in the graveyard, you can put it back on top of your, your library and draw it right away. And if there's two or three things in the graveyard, creatures, you can put those three onto the top of the library in any order and then draw one of them and you've got the next ones coming up. I already mentioned the golden egg. Two mana artifact draws you a card and later on can be sacrificed for food. Maze Mind Tome. Two mana. It's an artifact. Activated ability. Tap it. Put a page counter on Maze Mind Tome. Scry one. So it lets you see what's coming up next with a simple tap. Or if you've got two mana floating, two and tap, put a page counter on Maze Mind Tone and draw a card. So either scry or draw, depending how much mana you have. Then when there are four or more page counters on Maze Mind Tome, exile it. If you do, you gain four life. So this is scrying, this is card draw, this is life gain. Perfect for the deck. As I said before, fro foreboding fruit, three mana, draw two cards, lose two life, adamant it, Make a food. Next up, bad deal. Six mana, sorcery. You draw two cards, and each opponent discards two cards. Each player loses two life. You got two, you lost two, but they lose two life and cards. It's not that bad of a deal. And lastly, one of my favorite cards of all time, Bolas's Citadel. Six mana, legendary artifact. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. So you're seeing what's coming next. You may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than pay its mana cost. So play that land off the top of your deck instead of the one in your hand, so you can see the next cards, then pay life as much life as you have to then play the next cards for free. So it's not exactly card draw, but it's free card playing, but you're trading for life. We can do that. We're vampires. Lastly, tap it, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents, and the result is each opponent loses 10 life. So if you need to do the coup de gras, and you've got 10 things on the battlefield, 10 permanents, excluding lands, including Bolas Citadel, you can win the game. Next up, let's talk about mana ramp. One of the important things in Brawl is to have more mana, more resources than your opponent. So instead of simply playing one land per turn, why not play two mana sources per turn? So starting off with the Arcane Signet. This is an auto-include in Brawl. Two mana artifact, tap it to add one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. Obviously, you're going to choose black. But on turn two, you played your second land and you played your Signet. So on turn three, you have four mana if you're on ramp. More mana, more good. In Brawl at the moment, in Standard, there's only that one two-mana mana rock. So in the three drops, we've got the Heraldic Banner. Three-mana artifact, 
As Heraldic Banner enters the battlefield, choose a color, obviously black. Creatures you control of the chosen color get plus one, so another way to make your little creatures into big creatures and your big creatures into bigger creatures. Then tap it to add one mana of that color. So it's a mana rock, plus a buff, for three. Mana Geode, another three casting cost mana rock. When it enters the battlefield, scry one. So check out what's coming in your next draw, and then after that tap it to add a color of a mana of any color. Uh, add white mana, I guess, to be ironic when you pay those generic mana costs. And the last mana rock is Spinning Wheel, also 3 mana, tap it to add any color, and then later on in the game pay 5 and tap to tap target creature. So tap down their big creature that they were about to attack you with on their turn. When it's back to your turn, tap the other creature that was defending to go in for the kill. So I have 4 mana rocks in total in this Brawl deck, and that couples with 26 lands. We're used to 24 lands in a regular constructed deck of 60, but in a Brawl deck where you need more resources, it's often good practice to have 26 lands instead of 24, plus those mana rocks. So it's 30 mana sources in total. And it, you could do okay with having 30 lands, but you really want to also have lands plus those mana rocks, because those accelerate you. One mana plus one more mana source, instead of simply one mana, one mana, one mana per turn. So 26 lands. Okay, 22 swamps. Then we've got one Castle Lothdwain. It also creates black mana, or pay three and tap, draw a card, and you lose life equal to the number of cards in your hand. So in the late game, when you're only drawing one card, it only hurts you one. Great. In a pinch, if you already have three or four or five in hand, you're going to lose five life, but you might get the card that you needed. Now be careful. Castle Lothdwain enters the battlefield tapped unless you control a swamp. So you need to play this on turn two if you need it at that point. If you don't have any turn one play, yeah, play it in turn one and don't worry about it. Cryptic Caves. This is tap it for a colorless mana, but tap it, pay one, and sacrifice it to draw a card. So in the later game, when you don't need so much mana, you can sacrifice this to draw a card for one mana. However, you have to activate this ability only if you control five or more lands. That should be doable later in the game. And then we've got our Fetch Lands, Evolving Wilds. Tap it, sacrifice Evolving Wilds, search your library for a basic land card, put it into the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Okay, not the classic Fetch Land that you're thinking, but it's still, it still, go it goes to get you a land. It comes into the battlefield tapped, but that's what these lands do that are not the big expensive ones. So why would you need a fetch land for a color that you already have and are guaranteed to get eventually? You, I would understand fetch lands in two and three and four color decks, but what's the big brain play here? The big brain play here is that this is also deck thinning. This takes the slot of two cards, the one actual physical card that you put in the deck, and when you crack it, you go grab another card. It removes another card from your deck, getting you closer to the good stuff. Deck thinning is a tactic that a lot of people don't think about in games of Brawl. When things go longer, things are different than a limited deck or a 60-card deck. Deck thinning is important. Because one more fetch land, Fabled Passage, it does the exact same thing as Evolving Wilds. This is a rare one rather than a common because when it comes into the battlefield tapped, you can untap that land if you control four or more lands. So it counts itself. When you go fetch that other swamp, put it into play, it comes in tap no matter what. But then it checks, ooh, there's four in total, untap this. So you get your fourth untapped land. Again, deck thinning is important. We have the 24 lands that produce mana directly. We've got the two fetch lands that get you more 
lands, thin your deck, so that's 26 mana sources, then four more in mana rocks, 30 lands. And then you've got the four more mana rocks. Not only do they give you mana, but some are utilitarian, like the mana geode lets you scry, and the spinning wheel taps down your opponent's creature later in the game. So if you were using Manalith, for example, three mana, tap it, add one color of any color? Great, but how about a Manalith with upside? That's the spinning wheel. Five and a tap can really help you in the late game where the Manalith will just give you three mana always, nothing more. And that's the big idea with Brawl. Think in terms of how can I do the most with the least? What's the most efficient card? What is a card that does multiple things? What is the lowest casting cost version of a card? Well, I can kill this thing for three mana, or I can do it also with two mana. There might be a stipulation, but the two mana might make all the difference versus the three mana. What are things that synergize? As we saw in this deck, it's all vampires. Now, yes, there's plenty of other creatures in black, like Grey Merchant of Asphodel, that might fit very well in here. But guess what? It's a zombie, not a vampire. And... In your case, that's a great trade-off. No problem. I want to win. I want to C-E-D-H it up in here. So I'm going to put in the best, most brutal cards. Great. If you want to play a very competitive version of this, have at it. Brawl and Commander are supposed to be casual formats. They're not supposed to be destroy your opponent on turn three. They're supposed to be build up a board state, play cool cards, have fun, do tribal, build something synergistic. Put yourself into it that way. I hope that's the way you like to play as well. I believe that's the true way to play Brawl or Commander. Build great decks, stretch your brain muscle, keep it on track, tribal, focused, synergize. And that's what my Vito Thorn of the Dusk Rose Brawl deck is all about. So how would you improve this deck? What would you add to it? What would you remove from it? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Tell me in the comments. Tweet at me, tell me on Patreon, I'd love to hear. And once again, if you'd like to get the deck list, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcompost. You'll get it there for free. Consider supporting the podcast and my YouTube and all of the other stuff that I do. For $1, you can pledge at Patreon and unlock exclusive stuff. For $2, I'll mail you some vintage magic cards in appreciation. Or simply follow for free on Patreon to be alerted to everything that I do. In any event, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, ring the bell, share, tweet, all that good stuff. I really appreciate it. It really helps get the word out. You've got to tell your friend who's totally into vampires, hey, check out VM Campos's brand new Brawl Deck Tech. I think you're going to like it. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Let's Enter the Arena. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.